Hi, you're listening to the Wig Hackers podcast, where you get the real feeling of what goes on working on the hair side of the entertainment industry. You never know where my rants will go, so stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wig Hackers podcast and it's Daniel Foyt. What's going on? So I have a super duper fun, spectacular, rainbowly awesome guest today. Um, I'm really excited about this one. So guys, welcome to the show, Mikey O'Malloran. Ah! Hi. What's How's up? Going? Good, good. I love your hair. I mean, you're all jazzed out as always. I freshened it up. Uh, this week, actually, in lockdown. <laughs> Good old lockdown, right? That's what we're doing. Yeah. Lockdown live. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so how long have you been doing hair? First and foremost. I've been doing hair for 14 years now. Yeah, I'm in my 15th year of doing hair. How did you get into it? What, what got you, like, what got you started? Um, I went to this Be A Hairdresser for a Day thing through my high school. Um, so I went down to the capital city closest to me and I did hair for a day and decided that that's what I wanted to do. And I started doing a school-based traineeship while I was at high school. So I could take a day off school once a week to help out in a salon. And then they offered me an apprenticeship and I qualified by the time I was 18. Lucky, so you got right in. Like you had no, like you knew. Oh, I wish I started earlier. That like, I wish. Um, yeah, I knew. Uh, when did you start? Um, I started after I was doing drag. So I did drag for like eons. So I was just doing wigs and beating them out, turning them out. So my mother was a hairdresser, so I kind of just played with wigs in her in our little salon we had in the basement. Amazing. So yeah. So we're we're what are we? I, I think we're almost the same. I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have to. Eight. Um, no. Yeah. Maybe 16, 15, 16. Let's. Don't quote me. Don't quote. No quoting. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I mean, yeah. half my life for me. Like, I'm 29, so literally half my life. Wow. I don't like to ask the age because, you know, my doctor doesn't like to give out that information. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when was the first time you did Vivids? Like, how did you get oh. introduced to Vivids? Like, did you do it on you? Did you do it on someone else? I, need to I definitely did it on me first. Um, it was when I was in high school. Um, I would go down and buy it from like the chemist and we would skip class and put oils in our hair with like 40 volume that we also bought at the chemist and just rinse it out over the bathtub. Um, but in the salon, um, I definitely experimented with my own blonde hair. And then I had probably, I could count on one hand how many people let me do vivids <laughs> on the hair. Um, I would normally be me encouraging them why it would be a good idea. Um, and then people just started asking for it when Instagram started coming out and Pinterest and yeah. all of the inspiration tools that clients find their hair goals. 
<laughs> okay. So when, so what was your favorite vivid that you've ever done? Where you're like, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Uh-huh. The one that makes you like, oh, my know. ultimate favorite. Um, I, I would probably have to say that it would be like the holographic optical illusion mm. that me and my fellow hairstylist friend Angela did. Mm. Um, I think because it was out of both of our comfort zones, we were inspired by Christina Cheeseman's uh, magic eye oh, prism hair. Yeah. And we gave it a crack on a wig together and it was so outside of our usual salon work at the time. Um, and now clients ask for it, but um, <laughs> that's probably my ultimate favorite. Mm -hmm. And also the rainbow vomiting emoji hair that I did. Yeah. I think like adding a dimension of vomit, making it three dimensional, but also incorporating like hair tattooing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that excited me as well. <laughs> So are, are you also as creative like with paints and like like painting and drawing as you are with hair coloring? No, um, uh, as far as I get on paper or canvas is like some chalk pastels, um, but I haven't picked those up for about five years. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think I did those more before people let me put like rainbow hair color in uh -huh. their hair. Um, that was an outlet, but because I do so many hours of rainbow hair in a week, I feel creatively fulfilled. Um, <laughs> but I am about to spray paint my caravan rainbow, so that will be another home project. <laughs> yes! Uh, oh my god. Um, so you're a very happy-go-lucky person in general. Yeah. How do you stay so happy? <laughs> um... Well, my old answer would have been coffee, but I gave that up a year ago, so I can't use that one anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, I've done a lot of work on myself as well. Like, I've definitely been through a lot in my life. Like, I've been bullied and I've like lived in like domestically violent homes and had a bit of a past. Um, but I think like all of those things like make you stronger and you appreciate everything in life. Um, so I guess just positive mindset, um, eating well, I don't drink a lot. Um, yeah, just- Yeah, I'm really jealous of your last post you posted. Um, <laughs> like very jealous. A month, Juice I want cleansing. like, no, uh-uh. I'm trying to do intermittent fasting and that's enough for me. Like to go- Oh, is that why you donate for 16 hours a day? Yeah. Trying, oh my trying. god, I see, when I'm eating, I'm eating. And like, I love my zucchini chips. Um, <laughs> but they're actually but... good for you. <laughs> yeah, they're zucchini. <laughs> I mean, I got a bit of crumbs and oil, but whatever, balance, right? <laughs> right? Uh, oh my gosh. Um, what is your favorite part about the hair industry? Oh, I think because it's always changing, it's always inspiring. Um, and I think, my favorite thing about being in the hair industry is that we're working with the way that people express themselves, um, especially in the line of work that we do with Manic Panic Hair Coloring. Um, I think it's allowing someone to choose to wear something around their face, being like the frame to the world for them. 
and letting other people see that part of who they are on the outside. Um, that's probably my favourite part about being a hairdresser. Um, but yeah, my favourite part of the industry would be just how supportive other stylists are. Like, it doesn't feel like a competition this day and age. Mm. I feel like artists are supporting one another and everyone's happy to see each other fly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how important was it to build your brand for being vivid? Like, like um, you are known for that? Like, known. Like, you're a legend. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, it just came to me as a thought one day when I was working for another salon. Um, I thought, like, I was on a base hairdresser wage, and I thought, this is great, and I love what I'm doing, but, like, maybe I could do, like, hair extensions and wigs on the side, and that would be, like, separate from the salon, and that would be okay. Um, And I just thought of the name Unicorn Mains because it definitely addressed what (laughs) my brand was about because unicorns have colourful manes. Um, But I think, yeah, like when I decided to go out on my own and start my own business, I definitely wanted to attract more rainbow hair colours. So I think the name, from what I looked at in branding, like what your brand name is or salon name should say exactly what you do. So I think putting together Unicorn Mains by Mikey um, was a way to attract the kind of clients that I wanted because I wanted to steer away from the blonde foils and the brunettes a bit more. (laughs) Even though I still do those, I just don't post them on Instagram. Um, (laughs) Everyone is welcome at Unicorn Mains. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Um, So how did you get into Manic Panic World? Like, like, what was, what, what's your story? How did you, I mean, (laughs) uh, I mean, they're, they're known for Vivid, but how did they come upon your life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I started coloring my hair for charity with Manic Panic. So I used their product to dye my hair into a pineapple, a strawberry, a blueberry, an orange, um, a kiwi fruit, a lemon, um, all for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh-huh. So when I left my job in another state, um, I decided to drive across Australia and turn other people's hair into iconic landmarks in Australia, like the big pineapple, the big prawn, um, different various large objects that we have (laughs) in Australia that are tourist attractions. Um, So Manic Panic actually sponsored me for that and provided all the hair dye that I needed. Um, And I was already using Manic Panic on my own hair. Um, So that's how I got in touch with them. And then two years later, they flew me out to America to do a rainbow road trip over there. Um, And that was a six week journey of turning people's hair into ketchup bottles and burgers (laughs) and tacos in Times Square. (laughs) And yeah, when I got home from that trip, they asked me to come on as an ambassador and educator. And it kind of grew from there. Like that's how I um, become an educator with them and use them all the time in the salon now. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. And I got to meet Tish and Snooki in America as well. And yeah, now I've been to a few hair shows with them in different countries. And yeah, that, that was about three years ago now that I did the Rainbow Road trip in America. <laughs> I mean, you've really traveling a lot with hair. Ah, that's great though. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what is a tip that you could give uh, my listeners are a lot of wig makers and all that. What is a tip for coloring wigs vivid? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah, um, taking like small sections to make sure that the product is saturated through, um, like half an inch per section, I would say. Um, Sometimes it's better to work on the wig when it's damp. I find like the product that goes through the hair a lot better. Um, covering the lace with like, I use Vaseline um, just to like make sure you're not staining the lace, especially if you're making it for a performer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Yeah, just having cool. fun with it because it's um, where your most creative work can come through because you know, it's not specific to someone's hair that they have to wear every day you can broaden your horizons <laughs> what would you um recommend if someone wanted to have vivid hair like what is like what do you have to tell them before like what is your, i don't want to say warning but what is your like you know what like that, what is that warning you have to give your client um if they ask for blue or green it comes with a verbal waiver that it's not going to come out of their hair as easy as any other color um so i just make them sign that verbal contract with me before i put it in their hair um i sometimes suggest doing it underneath if they're not sure about work or just like on the ends like this far like four inches of the ends so that they yeah, yeah. can cut it off if an employer won't be happy with it. Um, but also they need to take care of it at home and once they leave the salon, it's really up to them to use cold water, use the right shampoo, don't wash your hair every day, um, changing their routine to make the vivid last. <laughs> last as long. Uh, um, yeah. What... Uh, okay, so this is, I mean, what do you like better, the pro line or the original of Manicat? It depends what I'm using the color for, like longevity or brightness. Um, I find the regular Manicat is brighter. That's what I have in my hair. Um, so it's more clear, like neon colors, um, whereas the pro line last so long so i use both generally on every client mm -hmm. or i add a little bit of pro to the regular to make those colors last longer but stay as vivid as well mm -hmm. um i really can't choose between the two i love <laughs> them both they both yeah. have their benefits um i love the consistency of the pro because it's a gel uh -huh. um especially on wigs it goes through the hair quite well saturating it and using less product um, but yes, I do love the vibrancy of the regular, but they're both professional products and can be used in the salon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Now, what, how long does it normally take you to do a full vivid hair? 
On a client. Yeah, um, on a client. <laughs> from start to finish, bleaching as well. Yeah. Um, let's give it a minimum of five hours and probably a maximum of eight. So, Ooh. yeah, and I do four of those a day. So my days are big. I start at nine or ten and I finish at nine or ten. Jeez, <laughs> um, wow. I normally, yeah, I normally have two clients going at once. So mm. I'll put on somebody's lightener and then I'll put someone else's lightener on then I'll put their manic panic in and so forth so yeah and um, the application of the manic panic normally doesn't take me more than an hour and a half mm. um two hours max of the appointment um the rest is just like processing and getting the right canvas for the shade that you want um but i find if i do a color on a client it'll take me an hour and a half if i do it on a wig it's gonna take me four <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, I'm like so much more thorough on a wig. I don't know if it's because like the hair quality is different and I just have to make sure it's like evenly saturated. Um, but I'll also always cross check a wig like after I've rinsed it. Sometimes like because of the porosity of the wig hair, there'll be little parts that I haven't taken and I'll just go back through with Manic Panic and add a little where it hasn't caught the color as well and then mm. just blow dry it into the wig. <laughs> wow. Um, so how did you get uh, into doing wigs? Like what was the, the turning from like just doing vivids on a person to, to wigs or was it wigs to a person? What was your, your I don't know, line of how you... Yeah. Yeah, good wigs. question. Um, I did a wig for the first time with my first hair show with Manic Panic in Italy. And I'd never colored a wig before. I didn't know how to secure the wig to the head block. <laughs> I just winged it and talked about it on stage. Um, and I had Tink, who was translating as well. Um, but yeah, I just started coloring them for hair shows. Um, and then Manic Panic asked me to do a specific look for their lookbook for Tish and Snooki's Living in Colour book. Um, that was the second one that I did. Um, and then the third we auctioned off for charity um, and a Melbourne drag queen bought it. Um, it was for Cancerland. And then I started lending wigs to drag queens to take a photo in. Um, like Art Simone, the Melbourne drag performer that lives near me and who is my client as well. Um, so yeah, I just started doing wigs that way and I just started ordering more wigs and enjoying the fact that you could mail it out to somebody and they didn't have to sit with <laughs> you for <laughs> hours. Yeah, so I just kind of fell into wigs that way and um, yeah, love doing them now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so what is your natural hair color? I'm a redhead. <laughs> yeah. In yeah, under all yeah. of this. I mean, this is it on the sides, but um, as a kid, I was a very strawberry blonde. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, how did you get involved with Make-A-Wish? What was, how? Make-A-Wish, um, my cousin actually worked for Make-A-Wish, so 
She raised over $2 million um, through telemarketing on the phone for Make-A-Wish. Um, she raised $2 million in 18 months. Um, so I was always inspired by the work that she did for them. Um, she passed away when I was 17. So um, she had a heroin overdose. So I guess like my healing journey of dealing with her death was to honour her legacy as well of what she did for Make-A-Wish, but doing it in my own way of creativity and making a difference that way. Um, yeah, so that's why Make-A-Wish is close to my heart, but I also love what they do for children that are really sick um, and it's a great distraction for them through treatments and a recovery, um, but also the positive energy that it brings them and their family, um, I find so valuable, especially during a time of um, what they're going through. That's amazing, first and foremost. How, how do you, I know when I work with a cancer patient, it's very hard on me because I, I absorb a lot of their energy. How, how do you, I don't want to say resolve it, but how do you deal with that? How do you, like, like for me, even with clients, you know, they're, they're whatever day they're having, they're gonna like give yeah. it to me because I'm touching their head. Um, so how do you yeah. deal with that? Um, I mean, we have big hearts, so we're gonna take on our clients' energy a lot of the time being an empath. Um, I, I did a client's hair two weeks ago and she has two months to live. And that was quite hard um, for me because she's 33, she's a hairdresser too. She came in for her dream leopard hair, knowing it's gonna be her last hairstyle. And she's pretty much planning who's gonna be allowed to be in the room with her because we're in COVID times um, when she passes. Um, so I think like, just kind of detaching from that situation and just focusing on giving the client a really good experience um, and bringing light to their life and colour as well, which helps because they feel good about their hair, especially if they're going through like a chemo treatment or about to lose their hair, knowing that it's like their last hair. I also make um, wigs for people that have cancer or terminal illnesses where they have to use chemotherapy. Um, yeah, I think just focusing on that it's going to be a good experience for them is really important. Um, and that's what helps me get through it. Mm, that's really sweet. Uh, so if someone wants to just focus on doing Vivids, do you have any suggestions for them? Any, any like tips or tricks that you can give them? I know everyone loves a good vivid. I mean, myself. Yeah. So, like, what are your <laughs> your tips or tricks for the for the for the children out there that want to <laughs> learn? Okay. Um. I think yeah. It's like feeling confident and experienced with doing vivid. So it is a lot of trial and error. Um. Like I can't tell you how many heads of rainbow I corrected after doing to learn what worked on what level of lift and what colors fade out what brands work like and all of the logistics behind vivid work um but i think 
capturing your best work with the right lighting to um, you might do an amazing head of rainbow and take an indoor photo of it and it, the photo does not give your colour justice. <laughs> so you really want to take them outside to the natural lighting, style it up, um, capture it, hashtag everything that you need to on Instagram. <laughs> um, I found hashtagging like Melbourne rainbow hair, rainbow hair Melbourne melbourne visits like your area specific because when people google or look up on instagram where to get rainbow hair where they live then you're going to pop up and then they're going to come in and be your client so um yeah posting more of your vivid work you might have to do a lot of heads of vivid for free at your very own cost yeah. <laughs> um I know the first rainbows that I did, I would drive down to the hair supplier and stay back in the salon until 11 p.m. coloring someone's full head rainbow with a full head of hair extensions at no cost because it's just what I wanted to do and learn. Um, so yeah, be prepared to put in the hard yards and the work to um, master it and then yeah, let the clients flow in yeah from your instagram pages <laughs> see look at that so we're already getting guys just to, to to recap so you can so not just being creative but also the business end of it like there's a huge business end of doing vivid specifically so just keep an eye on that and then hashtagging once again yeah. good old hashtags are gonna help you boost your business and bring you the clients you want not the clients you need like i feel that is like a huge thing that people keep you know uh they're just doing it for the money instead of doing it for the the fulfillment in your life um, yeah you're so right like i yeah i remember working for salons and there'd be particular hairstyles that i didn't love doing and my boss would be like well that's your bread and butter and <laughs> yeah that's the that. motto that was followed so um yeah, it is good to be able to um, do what you love now. Like, I feel like work for me is a lot more fulfilling than like feeling like it's tedious or, oh my God, another like four full heads of foils today <laughs> with the right shade of ash blonde. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have a date in your mind that when you were like, I'm only doing vivids? Did you make a date um, in your mind or was it just a slowly, your book just got busier with vivids? Yeah, my book, I started Unicorn Mains almost three years ago. Um, and people just started, I just started becoming a rainbow hair specialist. Um, I guess with the name of my brand as well. But yeah, um, yeah just the reputation that started to build of I guess, referrals, because people would see somebody at a festival and say, oh my God, I love that tequila hair you have, tequila sunrise, I want that. And then, yeah, your name or Instagram gets passed on. Um, so yeah, I definitely still do a few naturals. Um, <laughs> I mean, like under 20% of my week is naturals, but um, some are natural, like a copper, and then I complement it with a manic panic mm -hmm. color mm -hmm. on top of it, um, and things like that. So, yeah, you don't probably post three any of years. Those. Hey, you don't post any of those. I want to see. 
I want to see like the kickers. Like, like <laughs> you should. You could have a whole series on that. Like just yeah. normal, but the kick. You know? Oh my god, I would love it. Yeah, I I mean, see, in Australia, likes have been taken out of Instagram, so we can't see how many people have liked a photo. Right. Um. But when I was posting naturals, um, I just felt bad for the clients because my work would get like a lot of likes on a rainbow and then I would post a blonde and they would get like under a hundred compared to like thousands. Right. And I just felt bad for the client because um, of their like expectation of, um, I guess, featuring on my Instagram and just, I just didn't like that whole side of it. Um, of so, Instagram. None. It's not about the likes, it's about sharing your creativity and work. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, I think you should do a book of just, or or at least for the professional, maybe do a private one, you know, without your name on it even. Because I would love to yeah. know those, like, just kickers to help, you know, incorporate Manic Panic into, you know, I won't say every day, but into everyone's color, just to give it a little, little boost. Yeah, it's like a little bit of, um, sunshine or solar yellow and psychedelic <laughs> sunset on your seven level covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so do you cut hair too? I'm just... I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. So you do it all. I'm a fully qualified hairdresser. So I do trims and cuts. Um, people come in for new styles. Um, yeah, I definitely do cut. Um, I guess I've just sort of fallen into being a color specialist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, some clients don't think that I cut hair, so they go somewhere else. And yeah, then one day they'll see me doing a haircut and be like, oh, I can get my haircut here too. <laughs> oh my gosh. What was your most, the hardest hair you ever done? Like what was... Oh, like <laughs> the hardest. I love how it just like, pops into your face. Yeah, I've got like three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did an Empire State Building hairstyle and that was a lot, like, that was a lot. <laughs> um, like, gluing little square electric banana windows onto a hairstyle for it to glow in the dark when I put a UV light up. Um, that was hard. Doing a pizza slice on someone's hair was very hard. <laughs> um, the prawn was hard because it was the colour placement of getting the colours right on the prawn shell mm. um, as to how I was going to style it and what colour the tail was going to be, what colour the legs were going to be. Um, that was hard. Um, and I, I find like hair tattooing quite hard mm. um i don't know if you've seen but i did like a 10 year old kid's hair into rainbow drip yeah mm -hmm. and angela did that on my hair first so when the client came to me and asked for her son to get these rainbow drips um she actually sent a photo of me to me and not realizing that that was me in the photo. <laughs> so I said, yeah, like I probably could do that, but my hairdresser Angela did that. So she was unavailable. So I had to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it came out amazing. And getting a 10 year old to sit still for six hours. <laughs> oh, uh. um, that was a challenge. And just like building it, 
building hair tattoos as a puzzle. Yeah. Like literally yes. like shaping where you're gonna take yeah. the shavers to and um, just the whole like how it's gonna work and look at the end and the mm. process that's a jigsaw puzzle to me because it's not like painting on length that that feels easy compared to doing something on the scalp on a one to two blade yeah um so that was probably another one of the hardest <laughs> how uh how do you tackle a hairstyle like how do you go into it from like say they want rainbow like what is your like what where, where does your head go first Okay, what is in your hair? What have you put in your hair for the last two years? <laughs> How well is it going to lift? How dark of a rainbow are we going to need to go compared to what you're expecting? Because people just want like white hair and one bleach because they're not <laughs> experienced with bleaching and they think that's just how it works. Um, so my plan of attack is sometimes doing a test strand, like cutting a piece of the hair out, lightening that with a 20 volume or whatever I'm planning on using, and then showing them how it's actually gonna lift. Um, then also looking at like what bright or vivid colors are already in there, like if they've got blue in different parts, just working out where it's actually gonna work if they want yellow and green and orange, because you can't put orange on blue and you can't put yellow on blue. and. I tackle it that way as well, just um, placement. Then I make sure I have the, all of these conversations before we've even lightened. Mm -hmm. um, but also going in with a gamble, not knowing where we might be after the bleach, like how well a blue might come out, if the hair's still gonna be brassy. Um, just fully pre-warning your clients what may happen so that there's no surprises along the way. <laughs> so what is your consultation like? Um, I, I'm, I'm really big on consultation, so I, yeah. I like, I'd rather more information than less in my world. Yeah. Uh, especially before expectations, as you say, knowing where you're going, like I know the end result, so I want to know, like I want them to be there with me. Um, how yeah. we get there is truthfully the, the harder part sometimes for them to handle. So what, yeah. how, like, what is your consultation? Is it longer? Is it shorter? Like, I, I mean, I think mine is pretty short. Like, I definitely don't have time to, like, sit down and talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, what, what do you want to do with your hair? What's the plan? Um, but most of the time, all of the time, actually, I get my clients to email me photos of the hair before I've even met them. Great. Um, I ask them what their hair history is for the last two years. I tell them that I'm not guaranteeing what color it's gonna be. Um, I also send them a photo of a version of what they're after, like a slightly richer, like in my brain, knowing that like a hot, hot pink is gonna cover better than the cotton candy that they want right. on the brassiness that they might have. Um, so most of the time I've done a brief consultation on email, <laughs> but then when they come into the chair, I'm super real with them. I pick up their hair and I'm like, your hair's not going to handle this <laughs> amount of bleach. I'm going to have to watch it like a hawk. Ugh. I don't want you to like break those ends. I'm just super real and honest with clients. Um, 
as to what can and can't happen, what might happen, um, an alternative of if that doesn't lighten, what are we going to do? Or how much do you hate green in your hair? Because if this comes up really gold and I put blue on it, it might go mermaid green. Uh, just really pre-warning all of the possibilities. Um, and also, yeah, telling them that the maintenance or what colours are long-lasting, what colours are going to fade out in two weeks. Like, an ash-based purple isn't going to last as long as, like, a pink-based purple. So recommending an alternative like that for longevity, especially if they're investing, like, $500 into their hair. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else you want to tell? Like any any closing remarks? I mean, you you hit all of my all of my points to a T. So, oh my gosh, yeah, this is amazing. If you if there's um, anything like yeah, hit it. All yours. Yeah, and then, I used to find you really. Too? Hey. And then where can we find you? Give all your socials. This is your little plug. Hit it. Oh my god. Okay. Unicorn Mains by Mikey on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and TikTok now. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, I used to have days where I'd just be so frustrated and want to give up when I started hairdressing. Um, I've done like colour courses, styling courses, where I'd go home crying, thinking that I wasn't good enough or other people were different learners and pick things up quicker than I did. Um, even like just it really used to stick with me not being happy with the result um, and I was super sensitive to that along the way of learning hairdressing so I think like just learning from your mistakes and really owning them because um, like you have to make mistakes to learn um, so I think like that's really important that like you know you might see something on Instagram that's perfect in a picture and think oh my god I'm not like that good of a stylist but like there's always a journey to getting there and people have to make mistakes along the way so I think um if like you can take one thing away is like perfection doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) and learning from your mistakes is important um color is totally fixable so it's not the end of the world um yeah and not being too hard on yourself and just realizing that like you kind of need to make those mistakes to learn and correct it and then learn what's going to work better for you next time and that's all a part of the journey it's not just like one guide you can pick up that's going to be perfect for everyone like we're all going to have a different journey yeah oh Thank you so much for doing this, Mikey. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. So guys, make sure you check him out on Instagram, social media, and Twitter, um, and TikTok. Good old TikTok. Oh my gosh, can't even (laughs) that right now. But um, thank you so much for doing this. And then I'm sure I'll have you on again after you do another amazing rainbow color because I'm going to probably want to know about it. So make sure you check him out. All right, guys. Bye. Hey guys, I'm not sure that you know about the Spornet hairbrushes. So the funny thing is that I actually have had them in my kit for years now, like years. When we're talking years, like almost my whole career. From back in the day on the Broadway show Hair, 
Um, I loved the lightness of them and truthfully the color. That's really what drew me to them. So I had no idea that I actually have been using them for that long. So I used the Prego collection, um, literally in the one and a half inch, the two inch, the three inch and the four inch. I have them all. I have two sets, one for the stage and one for the trailer. Um, and now that we're going into a whole new world of, you know, after COVID, everyone's going to have to have their own set of brushes. So I would definitely check them out. They are super affordable and they work amazing. Like I literally, my, my Prego brushes, they literally get used almost every day. You've seen it on absolutely everyone that I've worked on. So like from Vanessa Williams to, um, uh, everyone, I mean, legit everyone. Um, so yeah, so I would definitely check them out. Spornet.com, S-P-O-R-N-E-T-T-E.com. Uh, literally, these are the brushes that are going to change your life. They have all different varieties. They have extension brushes. They have brushes for men's. They have cushions, teasing bros, tanglers. I would definitely check them out, especially if you want a product that has been around for a long time and they have been. And so they are making a huge comeback. Oh yeah. Check them out today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Wig Hackers. Have an idea or a question you'd like me to answer? Feel free to reach out on any of my social media platforms at Daniel Coy Official on Instagram or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you and hope to inspire you. Don't forget to share and rate me and do your hair because if you're looking good, you're feeling better.